12, 13. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a sweet introduction. Okay, let me grab this. So actually, I started in 2011, so this is starting our 13th year. Is that crazy? That's crazy. I was on staff at um, a well-known Atlanta church. And um, I just kept, I was there for 12 years, and I just kept seeing a need for moms. And I kept saying, we need to do something for these moms. Emily, would you mind grabbing my glasses? I did not get them. <laughs> and I cannot read the Bible. <laughs> um, real quick, before, while Emily's grabbing my glasses, these are on your table. This is a new devotional that's coming out. They're actually shipping it. We just got word yesterday. They're shipping it to our office this week. So it's called Moments with God for Teen Girls. I raised three girls myself, so when they asked me, would you do this? I said, sure. So um, you can pre-order it. If you pre-order it today, uh, we will give you, because I don't have it in hand, but we will ship it to you, but we'll give you some teenage conversation cards just so you can go home with something. That's always a, uh, thank you, Em. That's always such a sad thing whenever you buy something, you can't take it home with you. So at least you can take the teenage cards home. This is like a sample, a new version of the devotional. So if you're like, I don't know, I don't know if my teen girl will like this, you can go home, read it, have her read through the plan. Like, I think it's a week or 10 days. I don't know. I didn't do that. But anyways, this is it. So um, get that on your tables. I know y'all are moms of littles, but Legay said there was a handful of moms in here that have um, middle schoolers. So... 
Anyways, um, my name is Karen Dubs, and I am so happy to be here with y'all. I have spoken here several times. This is one of my favorite places to come to because my dear friend Legay is here, and I've known Martha for years through Legay, and I just love her heart in ministering to you sweet mamas because that's my heart for sure. So today we're going to talk about um, restoration because as mamas, we need it, right? I don't know, did they get send a slide of my family? Is that on? I was going to introduce my family to y'all. I'm a mom of four, and I have now all my children are married, which is fabulous and wonderful because you don't have to worry about it anymore. That's the spouse's problem now, right? So you're like, <laughs> I told one of my son-in-laws, not going to name which one, but I just said, no give me back. She's all yours. <laughs> Um, but I have five beautiful grandchildren, and, um, and I won't go through everybody's name because y'all won't remember anyways, but that's my family. Greg and I are in the middle. Um, we've been married 37. This year will be 38 years. That sounds really old. Like, I don't even feel like I'm 38 years old, but yes, I am. And um, Greg is a pilot. He was a Navy pilot for years. He flew fighters, and then now he flies for FedEx. So um, I just got back day before yesterday with my son driving from Arizona to Georgia. Yes, we came with the storm. <laughs> we had snow, then we had rain, we had wind, we had it all, and it was crazy. Um, so yeah, it's been crazy, a whirlwind, but I'm here and I'm super excited, and I've been up since 4.30, so let's go, ladies. <laughs> let's go. I live on the north end of town, and if you're from Atlanta, you know traffic is no joke. But today we're going to talk about restoration because as a mom, there's very few statements that you can say to all moms in a room this large that you're going to hit with everybody. You know, sometimes you can say, you know, a statement, it'll hit part of the crowd, other times another part. If you're talking about girls, only half the crowd has girls, half the crowd has boys. But the statement I'm getting ready to say, I know it's going to hit with everybody. And as a speaker, you love those kind of statements because that happens very few and rare. But the statement is, every one of us in this room have been tired as a mom, right? Let's all raise our hands. You might be in a state of tiredness right now. Um, but every one of us have been tired. Whether you have a new baby, a sweet, dear friend of mine, my best friend, her daughter just had their first baby and I texted her the other day. I said, how are you doing? She said, I would just love some sleep. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> going to be a few months, but that's okay. Let's focus on the positive. Uh, he's so cute, um, but you're just tired, and whenever you have a newborn, I mean, they get up every two to three hours, so therefore you have to get up and do all the things, and it's just, you're just in a state of, you know, zombie land. If you've had sick children in the house, and then one gives it to the other, gives it to the other. There was a season one time when all my kids got the chicken pox. Thank goodness I only had three at the time, Every two weeks, I think it's a two-week incubation period, every two weeks, the next one would pop with chicken pox and then the next one. And I was six weeks in my house with three little ones. And guess where Greg was? Y'all just guess. He was in Florida learning how to fly the F-18. <laughs> he did not share in that joy with me. And I, therefore, I never got to get out because the babysitter would not come and watch my kids. So for six weeks, I was in my house was tired. <laughs> Maybe you do have middle schoolers and you're in the middle school drama and that is tiring as a mom. I used to, oh, 
I hear you. I see you, Mom. I used my girls especially, she'd get in the car, and I'm like, well, tell us about the drama with Susie Q today. And it was just like, I really could care less about this girl, but I feel like I know so much about her and how she torments my child. <laughs> and I'm sure my child was tormenting her right back. Or high school, it doesn't end, you know, high school, you're up waiting till they get home. The husbands, they tend, tend to sleep through it. It's just like, I told Greg, we have to stay up and wait on them to come in the door. And he goes, why? That's stupid. And I'm like, Greg, we have to be able to wear, you know, ha have they been drinking? They're not going to drink. Oh, yeah, right. Well, we have to be able to know whether they're drinking or not. And I have to stay up. I have to know. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to bed. Mm -hmm. So we do all the little quick fixes, the self-care stuff. You know, you go get coffee with friends, you take a bubble bath, you read a book, all the self-care that's going to help you in your tiredness, right? You go on a vacation if you're lucky enough to do that. But sometimes have you ever been more than tired? You're just exhausted. And all those little things, those self-care things that you're trying to do, it's just like a Band-Aid on it. And it doesn't ever fix the problem because the problem is deep. You're like exhausted. There was a season in my life that I want to share with y'all that that's exactly where I was. I had four children under seven. My husband was averaging five days a month home, five. He had two jobs because one is not enough. We have to have two. He's an overachiever for sure. He was in the reserves with the Navy, so he was flying F-18s. And you think, well, reserves isn't bad. That's a once-a-month commitment. But whenever you're flying fighters, you have to be more proficient than that. And any time he was not flying with FedEx, he was in that squadron. And a lot of times they did debts to Key West, Fallon, Nevada, and all that because he was an aggressor pilot, which meant he did Top Gun all day long. So... Anyways, that was fun. It was fun for him, not fun for me. I had no help. I was overwhelmed. I was really, really, really tired. We lived in Virginia. All my family is from Atlanta, and I literally had no help. I remember one time I went, had Emily, my daughter that's here with me, had a preschool orientation. And, of course, as a mom, you have to take your child to the preschool orientation, let them meet their teacher and all that. But my son was two. And he was, he's the third. So I had, I don't know, let's see, let's see. Taylor was two, Emily was four, Kelsey was six. So I had three. I called my best friend at the time. She's no longer my best friend, but at the time. <laughs> that has no needed here or there. That was just a sad joke. But anyways, um, I called her and I just said, hey, could I drop Taylor at your house? orientation is, I mean, they make it at the worst time possible. It's at 6 o'clock. Why? We have preschoolers. Probably because most people get sitters, but not me. And so I, I said, can I just drop Taylor at your house? I'll take Kelsey with me. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to meet the teacher, you know, have a few whatever. They have freshments there, and then we're going to leave. She's like, no, I really had a hard day. That's not going to work for me. And I'm like, oh, what has your hard day been like? <laughs> Anyways, try not to get bitter. Um, but she said no was the bottom line. So I took all my kids to this orientation. And it was at a Baptist church. I have nothing against Baptists. I grew up Baptist. It's amazing and wonderful. But the preacher decided to take a moment opportunity with all these people now in his congregation and preach a little sermonette, you know, because that's what you do. 
And um, so my son was not a fan of the, of the sermonette. And so he, st you know, started running, literally running, up and down the middle aisle. And as you can well tell, I was mortified. I'm like grabbing him. I've got Emily. I've got Kelsey. I'm like telling Kelsey, my six-year-old, just watch Emily. You know, just be the mom. Just be the mom. So he's running up and down. He's doing all these things. We get into the classroom like 45 minutes later. It's 645. It's, it's Taylor's bedtime. And Taylor was a chunk of burning love, heavy, heavy boy. And I mean, I am wrangling a monkey. And I am just like, Emily, here's your teacher. Okay, let's go. They've got cookies and cupcakes spread out. She's like, can I have a, no, you cannot. Let's go. Taylor's like picking up all the cookies. He's putting them down. I'm like, oh, for the love, please get me out of here. Emily starts crying because I won't let her have a cookie. I'm like, eat a cookie, you know. <laughs> I'm sure this preschool mom thought, this lady is a hot mess express. And I was. I was a hot mess express. I get in the car, I shut the door, Emily's sobbing, Taylor's crying, Kelsey's like telling me how to parent. You know, Mom, if you would have gone in this way, it would have worked out better. And I'm like, oh, for the love. And I am so mad, y'all. I'm angry and I'm empty. I'm mad at my best friend. I'm mad at my husband for not being there. I'm mad at the state of Virginia for being so far from Georgia because I don't ever have any help. And I am completely, completely exhausted. And I'm angry and I'm empty and I am just so, I'm crying and I am not a crier. And I cried with Emily and Taylor all the way home. We all cried. And Kelsey, of course, is giving me her lecture of, you know, <laughs> how it could have been better if I would have done it her way. Um, because she's the firstborn and they know all things. So. Being a mom is exhausting, is it not? It's exhausting. And um, the other thing is we try to fill up our own way, but today I want to talk about the one and only way that really and truly fills you up, and that is the Lord. And um, we try to do it our way and fix things our way, but God is the ultimate restorer. And our key verse today is Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. Paul's talking here, and he says, I pray. And this is, honestly, guys, this is my prayer for you guys in this room. As I worked on this talk, I did this talk first in Texas to a wonderful, sweet group of moms there. And the, I said, what do y'all want me to talk about? And the lady said, just self-care for a mom. And so as I started to work on it, I was just like, you know, sometimes self-care doesn't, I, I believe in self-care. I mean, I've written, you know, chapters of books on self-care. I think it's amazing. But sometimes you're so exhausted, you're so empty, you're so, the self-care doesn't help. Like I said, it's just a Band-Aid. And Paul is writing to the church here, and this is his prayer for them. And this is my prayer for y'all, that y'all would find this kind of love because whenever you tap into this, God will fill you up. And that's the answer. So he says, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. It's not strength of your own. It's, it's God's strength of the spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. 
Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, 20 is not on here, but let me just read it. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's what I want for y'all today. This love that surpasses knowledge. Like, you can't even comprehend it. That's what I want for you guys today. Power that's rooted and established in that love. Fullness filled to the measure in the fullness of God. Immeasurably more according to his work in us. Real, full restoration comes from God. And we all want this type of love, don't we? My problem, getting back to my story, is I was looking for this kind of love from my husband, Greg. I really was. And I'll be honest with you, Greg was pretty good at providing this up until he was doing two jobs, we had four kids. He talked me into number four because he said he was going to quit the Navy, and then he reneged. But that's another day. That's another story. (laughs) I wanted Greg to be home. I wanted him to help me. I wanted him to fulfill his part of the bargain, and he didn't. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for God to change Greg. That was, that was really all my prayer. <laughs> Not get me through, just change my husband. He, he's he's the, the villain here. And, and listen, I don't know, Legay said a lot of y'all are pilots, that some of your husbands are pilots, so there's pilot talk in the room. Duh, we're in Delta country. But um, there is something in a pilot, in a fighter pilot on that. There's this adrenaline that they get, this rush in the air. And Greg was Top Gun, and he, this is what he did all day long, every day, was dogfight, all day long. Like, we went to see the movie Top Gun, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's so amazing. Is it really like that? And Greg said, yeah, it's really like that. That's exact, especially the second one. It's exactly what it's like. That's what Greg did all the time. So I used to tell Greg, if you had another woman, I could compete. But I cannot light myself on fire and go Mach 3 around this house. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty great, but I'm not that great. I cannot duplicate that feeling that you get in the air. I cannot. And that has such a pull on you that I am going to lose every single time. And in this stage of my life, I was constantly looking to Greg to fill my needs. First off, God did not make any man on this planet to fulfill your needs all the time. Because if he could you would not need a Lord and Savior. Only God can fill all your needs. So after I gave a ton of prayer, a ton of everything, I finally gave up and stopped trying to get Greg to get out of the Navy. And I started looking to God to fill my needs. And I found that in Philippians 4.19. Let's see. Let me find that. Let's see. Philippians... Why didn't I not pre-mark this, guys? That was not wise on my part. Well, anyways, I can do all things. No, for my guide, gosh, guys, 
Why did I do this? Uh, there it is, 419. Here we go. I don't want to quote the wrong verse. Uh, da, da, da. For my God, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So, of course, I had been saved since I was seven. Got saved in Atlanta. Actually, with Legay, we got baptized at the same time. I had known this verse for years, but it wasn't until I was completely empty that I thought about this verse, and I thought, oh, God said he's going to fill all my needs, so maybe I need to look to him to start doing that. And I was in my 30s by this stage of my life. You know what I'm saying? So once I stopped looking to Greg and I started looking to God to meet my needs, that's when I started to have peace. How do you do this? You have to yield to God. You have to look to God, then you have to yield to God. We have to yield to his way, not our way. See, I was doing it all my way, begging Greg, pleading with Greg, crying and asking God to change Greg, all of that. And God was like, he told me, after I was praying about it, praying about it, God said, Karen, I mean, in my spirit, I felt like he said, Karen, I need you to submit which really made me angry. Like, why in the world do I need to submit? I am not the villain here. <laughs> he is. He has gotten every single thing he wants. I have quit my job. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've been a good Navy wife. I'm now a good FedEx wife. I've got the fourth child. She's here. There's proof of that. She's here. He did not. He reneged. He lied. Hello, Ten Commandments. Um, <laughs> but yet God still was telling me to submit. And do it his way. And it really angered me. I don't know if y'all have ever been there, but I was. But I, stopped, I, I said, okay, God, I'm going to submit. And you say, I, this is what I literally, this was my prayer. You say you're going to fill all my needs. Well, get ready, because I'm a needy gal. <laughs> and I'm coming at you, Lord. And I did. I mean, it was almost like a challenge. Like, you want it? Here we go. I don't think you can do it. And every morning I woke up and I went through all my needs with God. I started asking for help and I said, I need emotional needs, spiritual needs, physical needs, and mental needs. I mean, I was one empty chick. But I tell you, God heard my prayers. And he answered my prayers immeasurably more than I could have ever imagined. It was not the way I would have designated it, though. It was not the way I would have done it. The way I would have done it, it would have been like a Hallmark movie. Greg would have opened up his eyes and seen what an amazing person I was and how much I had sacrificed for him in our marriage. And he would have said, Karen, you are the love of my life. I will sacrifice. I will give up flying F-18s for you because you are my one and only love. And now we are moving back to the promised land, and that is Georgia. And I'm going to put you within 30 minutes of your mom, and all of your problems are going to be solved. That is not how that went down. <laughs> no. For two years, my circumstances did not change. Did not change. But in those two years, I changed. God met me where I was. He saw me. He heard me. And I know why and how he heard me because he brought me this beautiful, wonderful, young, a lot of energy, 
newlywed gal that wanted a family of four children so bad she could taste it. But her husband was in law school, and he said, not yet. I don't want to start a family. So she just locked and loaded on my family. So, guys, I had a free nanny, <laughs> and she was wonderful, and my friend to boot. And we, I know that God saw me because he brought me exactly what I would needed, and that was help. She used to say, because I joined this Bible study. Um, Martha said BSF. This was CBS, which is very similar. So I joined CBS because I wanted my roots to grow into God. You know, I grew up in the church. I studied the Bible and all that. But whenever you get to a place of emptiness, you start really looking into the Bible for big-time answers, not just like little daily devotion things. No, you want to survive. And so you're like, God, what do I need? And I started realizing I need to dig my roots deeper into the, into the Lord. This surface stuff isn't cutting it anymore. I'm into big life stuff here, and I'm drowning, and I got eight little eyeballs looking back at me, and I better get it together, right? So I joined this group. She was my leader. Never met her. She was from Seattle, Washington. Beautiful lady, sweet, and she, we became friends. And when we became friends, she's just like, we would do things together. Because, you know, I'd bring my children to CBS, and then we, she'd say, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, okay, I've got Taylor and Abby here. And she's like, okay, bring them. It doesn't matter. So she would be like always hanging out at my house. What are you doing today? I said, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm dropping Kelsey and Emily at school. And then Taylor and I are going home for a nap. And she's like, you know, stay-at-home mom. And it's not like, wow, life-changing. And so uh, she's like, can I come over and hang out? Well, sure. I mean, we're not doing anything, but sure. She'd be like, can I ride with you to go pick up Taylor from preschool? And then maybe you can run into the grocery store and get your few things that I saw, saw you make in your list. I don't, you mean I don't have to take a three-year-old into the grocery store, a three-year-old boy into the grocery store? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. And then whenever I had Abby, you know, I can sit in the car while you run your errands, and I'll just sit there while Abby naps in the back, or I can stay at your house and let her sleep in her bed. I'm like, are you for real? I wasn't paying her anything. Like, this is like dream come true. But God knew exactly what I needed. I needed help. She was honestly better than a husband, truly. <laughs> um, right? You know it. But I wanted to let y'all know, I don't know where y'all are. There's a lot of you guys in here in this room. I don't know where you are. You might be in a season right now where you are completely exhausted and empty as well. And you may have tried all the self-care self -care things, and it's not helping. It's like a little Band-Aid. It's good for the moment. You enjoy your coffee with your friends. You enjoy your night out. You enjoy your vacation with your husband. But then you come back to reality, and it's hard again. And it's just you're never quite getting filled up. I want to let you all know that God sees you. He sees you exactly where you are, and he is ready and willing and capable of meeting you and your needs. I would have never in a million years thought God would have answered my prayers the way he did. It was inconceivable to me. But he gave me immeasurably more than what I needed. And because he brought this beautiful young friend into my life, he gave me time to take a breath, created some margin in my life, and allowed me to start healing from the inside out because I had a lot of healing to do. 
I was an angry, bitter woman. And I know y'all find that very hard to believe, but it's true. I used to tell Greg, I was so sweet until I moved to Virginia. And now I'm mean. I'm just mean. <laughs> and I was mean. And I, I was just angry. I was angry at the world. You know what I'm saying? But it allowed me to heal from the inside out. That Bible study, we studied Romans the first year. We studied Daniel the next year. It allowed me to grow my roots down to realize I, I love Greg. I think he's amazing, and he was a phenomenal dad and husband. Still is. Not, don't need to say that in past tense. He still is. But he could not meet my needs the way God could. And I had relied so much on him that I forgot about the sovereign God Almighty that I loved and served. And I had to get back to it. Sometimes as moms, as women, we get in the way of our own restoration. I wanted it my way. This was my thing I used to tell Greg. If you get out of the Navy, I'll be fine. I'll be happy. If you move me back to Georgia, I'll be happy. What is your if you? If you bring in more money, if you buy me a bigger house, if you heal whatever sickness is going on or whatever, you know, if you, then I. And God was like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this my way. And whenever I share this part of my story, a lot of people get mad at Greg. And, you know, he's like becomes the villain. And he really wasn't the villain at all. I think God was doing a work in my life, and he sort of made Greg um, deaf to my cries because people are like, why didn't you tell him how you feel? And I'm like, oh, girl, I did lots, 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 lots of times. But I think God was like, Karen, you keep looking to your husband to meet your needs. I'm going to just put him to the side, and he's going to, for the first time in your life, he's not going to pay any attention to you about this, and I'm just going to force you to look to me. And that's exactly what happened. So God taught me that in him I will find contentment. In him I will find peace. In him I will find joy. And that is not Greg, not in Georgia, not in any material thing that I could have ever thought. And I stopped looking to myself to fix and meet my needs and do it my way. And I started looking to God. So many times we ask God to change our circumstances. But what I have found in my life, this, this is not a truth, it's not in the Bible, but I'm just saying in my life what I've found that as long as my eyes are on my circumstances, things don't normally change. But whenever I change my focus off of my circumstances and on to God and just trust him, like I don't know how you're going to figure this out. I don't know how you're going to solve this problem. I don't know how you're going to get me over here to peace and joy and contentment. I don't know. But I'm going to trust in you that you love me and you're going to create a way for me. That's when things change. Like I said, in those two years, nothing changed. Greg continued to fly. Greg even had a mid-air collision in those two years. Mid-air collision. But he, don't worry about it, guys. He landed the jet. He was totally fine. He was the hero, yet once again. And um, all was well. So, you know, it's good. But God is the ultimate restorer. 
is the ultimate restorer. And it's exactly what I needed. And he's exactly what we all need, whether we realize or not. And that's what I want for you. I want you to experience that freedom that I experienced so many years ago. And it's not that self-care is bad, like I said, because it's not. It's not bad at all. But it's only going to fill you up a certain amount. And then you're going to need more. So even if you're not in that season right now of your life, my prayer is that whenever you get there, if you ever get there, you'll remember today. You'll remember Ephesians 3, and you will go and you'll read it, and you will learn about God's love and pray and ask him to fill you up to your fullest and give you immeasurably more because that is the key to restoration. Let me just close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each of these ladies in this room. God, thank you for the families that are represented here. I do not know all their stories. I do not know where they are. But I do know, God, that a lot is asked of these ladies in their homes and in their families and in their work. And God, I just pray that, you know, the Holy Spirit would just touch on everyone's heart in here. And we would all start looking to you to meet our needs and not look to other things. And God, I just pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Are we doing, Martha, are we doing a Q&A or what? I don't know. And then do we have questions? Emily, do you have those questions that you read to me at breakfast? <laughs> How are y'all doing? Are we doing those questions or you want to do a mic? I'm sorry. I should have been more organized. Where is Legay? Oh, there's Legay. Okay, good. Yes. 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 So I would wake up. Yeah, okay, good. <clears throat> I did wake up every morning, and I really did, and it didn't, your prayer doesn't have to be <clears throat> 30 minutes long. It could be while you're walking down the hall to get your newborn or your 5-year-old or 10-year-old or whatever you got. And I would just pray, God, and I'd give him my needs. I did write down certain verses, and I would put them, like certain verses, like, for my God will meet all your needs, and I would put Philippians 14 by my sink or at my you know, brushing my teeth in the morning just to remind myself of this promise that God said. And then, like, throughout the day, whenever my mind would start to shift, like, I'd start off good. You know how it goes. 
And then about, you know, 12 o'clock, um, boop, a bad thought comes in my head, and I would, I would have to learn, Paul says, to take our thoughts captive and renew our minds with truth. And I used to, that, that verses where he talks about putting on the armor of God and our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle. I would, st- whenever I would start to get angry at Greg, because it happened on the reg, um, I would remind myself, my struggle is not against Greg. It's a spiritual battle that's going on. And with Christ in me, I will win this battle if I choose to really stay in the spirit and not my flesh. And your flesh is all the yuck. Your spirit is all the good. And I would remind myself, Greg is a good dad. He is earning a living. And, you know, whenever you first start with the airlines, you're making zero money, like literally zero. And so he needed the, the Navy Reserve job, really and truly. I mean, it was the death of me, but we needed it just to live, you know what I mean? And so that was a good thing, and that was a blessing. He loved his job. I would have to remind myself, he loves his job. How wonderful is that? Most men hate their job. My husband loves it. I mean, you know, who wouldn't love it? I mean, it's a fabulous job. So I'd have to remind myself that's a good thing. When he does come home those five days, he's a fabulous dad. The kids love him. They play. He takes them off of me. You know, he gives me relief. That's so nice. That's so loving. He's a Christian. That's a praise. Like, I would have to go through and just remind myself of the good that was in my life. Because whenever we're in a bad place, for me, I'm not saying you, you're probably not, you're not like me, but I would just stay because I could work myself into a pity party like nobody's business. You know, and I'd be around my friends, and they'd be like, my husband's got a business trip, he's going to be gone two nights. And I'm like, wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Cry me a river, you know what I mean? I would kill for two nights. So I had to stop doing that. That's your flesh. (laughs) So you know, does that help? Is that good, practical enough? Okay. Yes. Okay. With four. I had to get up earlier than my kids if I ever wanted any type of quiet time. And your quiet time changes whenever you become a mom. As Carrie said, like, five minutes is hard to give up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I would, just, I would just start praying, you know, God, help me get up. Maybe that needs to be your first ask when you said ask help, asking God for help. Just, God, help me get up because I am tired. But sometimes for me... In order to get up, I have to go to bed earlier. So I also made some practical things at night. After 8 o'clock p.m., I did not do any housework. To this day, I will not do anything after 8. Really, I've sort of bumped it up to 6 right now. Because <laughs> I'm an empty nester, and Greg comes home from these trips, and he's just like the Energizer Bunny, and he's just going all over the house, and we got to do this, we got to do this. And I just sit there and I watch him, and I'm like, well, knock yourself out. It is 6.30, and I am not doing this. <laughs> and I, I just taught myself over the years, when 8 o'clock happens, this mama is, I'm done. So don't ask me to do squat diddly do, because I'm not doing it. And that helped me get up earlier. I didn't go to bed at 8, but I started to unwind at 8, you know. But if you need 7, 
call it. Just tell your husband, Karen said. <laughs> Karen said. I have a lot of people that write in that their kids would be like, who is this Karen? <laughs> and I don't like her. Because <laughs> all the moms blame it on me. Isn't that hilarious? Other questions? No, oh, there we go. Keep them coming. Ah, oh, that's a great. Well, I didn't really share it to them at that age because they were so little. But how we share it with our kids is just over time in practicing what you preach. It's a long haul with your kids. 